Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host here, Heidi Fang, and I'm about to be joined by Levi Damian, writer for the Raiders Wire, RaidersWire.com and USA Today, and also Raiders linebacker Tanner Muse will join the show. But first, Levi Damian. One of the guys I get to see day to day here in the training camp room. Uh, Real excited to have you on. I've got a chance to speak with some of the others that join us in the training camp room and are there day in, day out watching the Raiders. I haven't got to speak with you yet, so I'm really happy to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's about time you invited me. I was like wondering (laughs) what was up. (laughs) Oh, man, this is I see you in person. I got your face now and I'm like, hey, let's do it. So gotten your face and we, we got together. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I wanted to get you on mostly to kind of just go through what we've seen in camp as it leads up to the Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, it's the first preseason game for the Raiders. And today though, was interesting here. We're talking on a Wednesday and they get a day off. How rare is that? Um, yeah, it's pretty rare, especially when you consider that, you know, like we literally walked out onto the field like normal. Well, it wasn't like normal because they didn't. We did. They didn't have us go into the the uh, indoor facility for the first few minutes, which was kind of the first clue that something might be up. But then they walked us all out to the field. The players start coming out on the field. They're in their pads and everything, like there's going to be a practice. But what they do is they all just kind of trickle over to the sideline, where they have where the, where the uh, bleachers were, where they had some invited guests. I guess they had some some uh, kids from local high schools that were there to watch practice. And they were just over there to say, hey, uh, sorry, you don't actually get to watch practice like you're supposed to, but we're here to apologize and say, hey, at least you get to see us and, and meet us or something. And, uh, and then they said, practice is called off. And that was it. Wow. And that's pretty odd, even though it seems like the players aren't raising any red flags here. There doesn't seem to be much like caution being waved to the wind, like, Oh, something happened with the team or anything like that. Uh, do your instincts though, tell you otherwise, or is it just, you know, a day of rest? Like they said, they do a little bit just because if, if it were like a situation where they were literally just, you know, they got a day off because they worked so hard before, why would they, why, why would it take that long to get that word? Why would they already be in their pads and everything? And uh, you think that, that was going to be the case. They would have known before. Uh, yeah. They would have maybe known last night or they, they maybe would have known this morning, certainly before uh, the players looked like they were all set to, to actually have a full-on normal practice. Now, the, war, the word, of course, is, you know, the official word is, a, is simply that they all, uh, they earned it. Or maybe, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a twist to that, that they're essentially almost sounds kind of like they're like, maybe they were advised based on um, health for health reasons in terms of the heat out there and everything that they, mm-hmm. that they take a day off. I mean, cause that's the only thing that you could say, oh, okay, well maybe that was a late, maybe that was a late thing that was said from the, the um, 
from the medical staff or whatever that like, maybe they, maybe they should uh, stay inside and take a day off from the heat today for just health reasons. Well, as we have been able to observe this team over the course of the past month, they really have been ramping things up for this season. They've played pretty intense in the practices that we've seen, including on Tuesday, having practices where the defense is really stepping up and forcing turnovers. So I want to start with your take on what you've seen out of this defense, particularly with Gus Bradley kind of leading this squad. What have you noticed that's different about this team from years past with defense? Well, it's interesting you mentioned Gus Bradley because I think he's probably the the not talked about enough or underrated or whatever you want to call it addition to this team. We have a tendency to really look at free agent acquisitions, the players that are on the field as being the deciding factor as to whether, you know, on draft picks and stuff too, as being the deciding factor on how well a team plays. But I don't think it can be understated that the difference in the defensive coordinator and the way that he runs things could have a pretty significant impact on the on how this team plays this season there. You see some differences. Um, what's interesting is like he brings a lot of energy and what and the message that you know you saw we talked to Ron Miles the other day, who's quite a guy. I mean, he you could tell he's the type of coach that can really get the most out of his players, get them to um, you know the the run through a brick wall type of type of coach. And, uh, and I'm sure you sensed it too, where he says something like this ain't a prison, but it ain't, but it ain't no country club either. <laughs> Best line ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, and you could see how the players might really respond to that kind of thing. And yet ironically, I guess in a way he's saying that he told Jonathan Abram, the most energetic player on the team to, to turn it down a little bit, turn down the volume. So it sounds like it's just like, okay, the energy that we're going to bring to this defense is going to come from the coaching, not so much from guys like Abram, uh, particularly, I think, because he's probably telling him, you got to go out there and you got to prove it on the field now before. So let's do some less talk and more action. And then maybe you earn the right to, to, to trash talk and just really go back and focus on the basics. Cause there was really nobody on that defense that was clearly more lost with what they were doing on the field last season than, than Abram. And, and so you really saw that. I'm sorry, I was just going to yeah. say, it's going to finish my thought. You really saw it play out with him and guys like Corey Littleton who, uh, who play had played really well when they signed him as a, as a free agent. And suddenly he's, he's, he just looks terrible out there. Some of the free agents that I've been particularly impressed with and loved everything he had to say yesterday because he just seems like an influencer. He seems like somebody with the presence. And I'm sure by that, you already know who I'm talking about. Gerald yes. McCoy, man, what is he going to bring? Not just in terms of veteran leadership to this team, but in terms of a defensive presence on the line, like what, what how much of a huge acquisition is this for the Raiders? This is a perfect example of what I just said about about them telling um, them telling Abram maybe we tone it down a little bit and you and you earn it on the field before you you talk. Now McCoy, you won't find many guys that have earned it on the field as much as he has. And and one of the things he said was that he wasn't always like this. He didn't come run out the gates the way that you know like, like Abram, for instance, did just just talking, talking the way that he does with this personality or something. He took the, 
he took the lead of the veterans when he was young and he earned his way into the position where he could talk the way that he does because you gotta you know you gotta know the rules i guess before you can break them in terms of of uh what your your level of well he talked about being the difference between a professional and a pro and he he, he became a pro in in his in his mind that as opposed to a professional which is just somebody who has who's technically a professional football player because they have a contract and uh and and he and you earn your right to be called a pro and i think that i think that's really true with him he's out there he's a like from the very first day i literally i walked over on the field and he was um he was with the other d linemen doing their their drills on the dummies and and stuff like that. I'm not talking about the other players. I'm talking about literally <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and like, and he's like, okay, he, he looks, the, he looks like he's still got his Twitch and all that. And, uh, and then immediately after that, like Solomon Thomas went right up to him and asked him about that. Like one of the, like the swim move that he did on the, uh, in his drill. And he's like walking through the hand motions on the, on the, on the swim. And they're, they're like, literally, they're just, they're working on the nuances and the, and the little, little things that he was talking about. It's like, it's like for, for that to happen. And this is a guy, Solomon Thomas is like, he's considered for the most part, kind of to be the guy that the Raiders want at that three tech spot to it's his job to lose. It would seem at times. Mm -hmm. And yet here's this guy who comes in and is going to compete directly with him. And he's standing there helping him to, essentially beat him out for a job if if it came to that and it's it's great it's great to see yeah i've loved everything so far that i've seen adam mccoy on the field and uh in the media room great stuff with him but as we move on through the defense you did touch on a little bit there with abram but i wanted to ask too about the secondary and Milas, like you said he could get these guys maybe to run through a brick wall for him which is great um but when you think about who needs to really step up? Obviously, uh, most of the secondary does, the pass rush does. Is there anybody in particular just where the secondary is concerned that you're focused in on the season and watching them grow? Uh, so it'd have to be somebody who was on the team before yeah, watching them or, grow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or just if they, you know, well, there's would... somebody you think would make an impact, like maybe a Casey Hayward or something. Well, I do think, I mean, you have... Casey Hayward, I think, is a huge addition to this team. I think there's a reason why he stepped right into the starting role, and it's in part because he's already familiar with the the coaching schemes and everything from having been in it the last four years. And he just slipped right in there and you know took the job, took the first team job over Damon Arnett. And I yeah. and in some cases they that happens when there's a there's somebody who's familiar with the scheme that comes in and and then once the young guy you know, picks things up, he moves into that role, but I don't see that happening this time. Um, I see Hayward kind of holding on to that position. So really in that secondary, I would say the, uh, I mean, Abram's the number one um, guy that you, you kind of wonder if he's going to grow, what kind of change you're going to see from last year uh, in him. And if you don't see it, then you have, you have a couple of guys right behind them who are, who they like, you know, Carl Joseph, they brought him back this year. He's a veteran. They, they, uh, they think that he could, he could step into that starting strong safety role. If, if Abram slips up, uh, Tyree Gillespie, he's, he was out a little bit of camp, but, but they really like his, uh, 
his run stopping, his ability to, um, when they describe what he does best, it's like, that's exactly what you're asking for Abram to do. And, uh, and so it kind of sounds like you, uh, you think that there's a good chance Gillespie could step up and, and take that job if it came to it. So um, I'm not necessarily saying that that would happen right from the start, but uh, Abram's got a lot to prove. He's one of the people that I, I pointed out, one of the five players on this team, not, even, not just players, I put Gruden there too, that is in a make or break season. Abram is definitely in that, in that uh, you know, we've got these guys entering their third, third year, like Cleveland Farrell, who's, uh, as we know, he's not, he's not in the starting lineup anymore right at the moment. He's working with the second team primarily. And, uh, and they've, this is it, you know, after this season, that's when the guys like Cleve Farrell and Abram, the team has to decide whether they're going to pick up their fifth year option because they're fifth year or their first round guys. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's really crucial that they do that. As we take a look here at the defense, I want to switch gears now, go into the offensive mode, because it seems here that there's a lot of depth. It's really interesting to see how much the wide receiver department has kind of shook out with different spots and players that are there now, particularly with the absence of Nelson Aguilar, the uh, John Brown acquisition is kind of interesting to me. But when you start thinking about who makes the team, when you look at the depth chart for the wide receivers, where do you see that shaking out and who's going to be a vital part of this offense for them in the wide receiver department? Well, I think you have the, you have the top four spots pretty much spoken for. You have uh, Ruggs, Renfro, um, Brian Edwards, and John Brown. So you got those four. Whether they keep five or six receivers, I think the next spot is a little bit up for grabs. I think Sneed, Willie Sneed is probably uh, – he's, he's got eyes on that spot. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know of anybody else who's really, really jumped out and, and, and seeing that is somebody – that can be that that uh, sixth guy. Should they should they have a sixth guy? Yeah. Um, but I mean, at this point, it's just that's your that's your most likely top five in that group. I mean, uh, Keelan Doss, he shows you know flashes here and there. He's kind of a a well and of course Zay Jones is always a guy that gets talked about a lot. Um, but uh, he's they the last couple seasons he's been talked about a lot as being like this is the year that he's going to jump up and he ends up making the team but then during the season you don't you don't see it you mm -hmm. don't see all that he's kind of a um i asked him about this the other day about if he kind of prides himself on just being a jack of all trades guy um and he said yeah that's what he sees himself as a guy who can pretty much line up at any of the receiver spots but the rest of that jack of all trades phrase is master of none and if you've got a guy, a guy that also plays that position, who is a master of that position, why would you, why would you have Zay Jones in there unless you, you know, there was like an injury and you had no choice? Now it's no, I don't want to trash Zay Jones or anything, but, uh, but I don't know how much uh, the the hype is going to lead to something real. Well, somebody who does have a lot of hype around him right now <laughs> that I can see ending up producing on the field is Foster Moreau. And I saw a piece on the Raiders wire about that. So I wanted to ask you about your impressions, especially since we haven't seen much of Darren Waller. I don't know how concerning that is or how concerned people should be now. Mm -hmm. He hasn't practiced since August 2nd. So uh, just that aside, when you think about Foster Moreau and what he can contribute, what have you seen out of him so far? I'll just be upfront and say, I love Foster Moreau. I have since the, 
since early in his rookie season. This He was drafted with the term blocking tight end around his name. You know, he was, that's why he got, that's why he, he was drafted in the fourth round, right about where you, you draft like good blocking tight ends. And then right at the start, you're like, whoa, this guy's got some hands. He's got uh, unusually good hands for, certainly for a blocking fullback, but I mean, a blocking tight end, but really even a receiving tight end. I've seen, seen him in like warmups the other day, just like, effortlessly catching a, a one-handed pass over his shoulder and never letting it even touch his other hand. I mean, he's, he's, he's got rare hands for, for his position and he's big. That's why they, anyway, I was joking. I joke about the whole Gronk thing just because the other day he <laughs> said he gets a $10 fine every time somebody says it. So I'm like finding different ways to, to fit Gronk into the phrase whenever I talk about him, but that's all in good fun. But really I do, I do like him a lot. I think the coaching staff really likes him a lot. If, if God forbid, Darren Waller can't go, I think they're in pretty good hands with Foster. All right. Last thing on the offense here, then I'll pick your brain a little about the Seahawks game is uh, a case Cookus being signed as a fourth quarterback onto this team and brought in. I feel like that's just saying, Hey, this is going to be our guy that gets a lot of preseason action. And maybe we're taking a look at him for just in case reasons, but what do you think uh, about that? Uh, bringing him in and uh, having four quarterbacks right now on the preseason roster. I was, I thought that was a little strange, honestly. I, I don't, I, I've, I've stroked my chin a lot about what I think of that. And the, the one kind of elephant in the room possibility. And of course it really came up today when, when we saw all the players come out to the field to greet the, the, the kids over in the bleachers that they're the one quarterback who wasn't on the field was Marcus Mariota. Ah. So it leads you to kind of like wonder, um, what's up with Marcus Mariota and then you uh and I a couple of questions were posed to Derek Carr today about him and and if if Marcus is is going anywhere um Derek Carr is not letting on that's he 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 spoke like he's still looking forward to catching a touchdown pass from Marcus looking forward to seeing him play in the preseason game on Saturday you know it's just uh it's like okay well I, from Derek Carr's, you know, mouth the God's ears, I guess, that, that uh, Mario does still around. But, uh, um, you know, the, the possibility being that, that they were to find a, a trade partner, somebody who was willing to give up like a second round pick or something like that. Um, for He's considered one of the best backups in this league. And there's a lot of teams who have a starter that they wish could be a Marcus Mariota, let alone, let alone a backup. So it's... Even if it doesn't, even if it hasn't happened, or even if it doesn't happen, maybe they were. The possibility is they they signed this Cookus guy, um, just in case, just in case of that, that, of that possibility, because uh, otherwise, four four quarterbacks in camps is is unusual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also kind of unusual to have all three on the <laughs> roster. I think uh, as Gruden likes to have all three of them, but. Uh, definitely raised uh, some eyebrows, I think, when I saw that yesterday. And I thought the same thing about Mariota, but I thought I would see if, you know, maybe I was being and leading into too much conspiracy. But <laughs> I like that you thought the same thing. So uh, just as you gotta we ask headed, those questions, you know, you got to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but as we head in now to the Seahawks game here, 
is there any particular position battle that you feel like needs to play out in a preseason game and what one would it be? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. I would say, I would say that they're um, even though they kind of play different receiver positions, there is the Brian Edwards versus John Brown type of deal. Because if you okay. go back to last season, if you go back to last season, the, uh, the first game of the season, the starters that were named uh, were Ruggs and Edwards. And from that very first game, um, Aguilar distinguished himself and literally ran away with the starting job. And, and then it was Ruggs and Aguilar who were supposed to be the same type of receiver. But when it comes right down to it, you, the most most important thing is to have the the two best receivers on the field at this at the same time, not Hunter Renfro notwithstanding, um, rather than two different types of receivers, as you have with the speed guys and and Edwards. So Edwards, you know, we had his to hype with it, it, it that uh, Gruden put out there, and of course you have Derek Carr comparing him to uh, Devonte Adams and and. Uh, and for T.O. a lot. Yeah. 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 T.O. As I was saying, is that, that's what Gruden said. And the, but aside from that, I mean, he's still got to prove it. He, he makes some, some big catches, but the other day he had two big drops in practice and, and, and I, I'm careful not to make too big of a deal of it, except to say that he is trying to earn his snaps on the field and consistency is the key. Not only, I, I mean, it's everyone has their drops, but when you're dropping the very passes that the team want, is asking from you, like this is why you're on the team to make these specific catches. If you're missing those, then you got a problem. So he needs to make sure he doesn't doesn't miss those. And uh, if he's going to hold off um, John Brown from taking his his snaps, that's a big one, I think. Love it. Great stuff from Levi Damon. I certainly appreciate the time today. And just before I let you go, I want to have you let everybody know where they can find your work. And if there's anything particular right now that you're working on that you'd like to let the fans know, uh, let them know to check it out. Well, as far as like particular things I'm working on, um, not right at the moment, I will say that I just put out a piece the other day that I think that I'm, I'm proud of because I, um, I spoke with Marcus Allen and he, he, he made a really, really impassioned plea for Cliff Branch for the Hall of Fame. And I thought it was really fantastic what he had to say. And so I think that's reading his words are definitely a must, a must read type of thing for if it were me, if I were a Raiders fan um, out there looking for something to read, I would say reading what Marcus Allen had to say about Cliff Branch would be great. And I put that out just a couple of days ago. Um, you can find it on the, the Raiders Wire site, or you can probably like search for it on Twitter or whatever. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time and joining me. You can find them on Twitter at Levi Damien. And again, uh, we'll have to have you back on again soon because uh, I don't want you to feel like I shunned you out of, out of the, <laughs> <of> the podcast. <laughs> Just, just bring donuts and we'll call okay. it. Okay. All right. Donuts. Deal. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you. That was Levi Damien. I'll take a quick break right here. And when I come back, I'm going to be joined by Tanner Muse, Raiders linebacker. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.
right. As promised now, everybody, it's the return of the special teams word daddy. He has not played a snap in 19 months, but he is hungry to get back into action on the field. And that is your Raiders linebacker. Tanner Muse now joins the show. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join me here today. I wanted to bring you on, first of all, just to first ask what it's been like for you getting in this offseason and being back with the team. Oh, it's great. Uh, I'm loving every second of it. Just being able to compete again. Uh, it's what I love to do. It's why I'm here. And uh, truly just fell, fell back in love with it, getting out there, grinding with the guys, being able to run around, show off what, uh, what I didn't get to do last year. So I'm just, I'm just happier than ever. Yeah, when you had that toe injury and that setback, I mean, what did you go through, uh, you know, on your own, just thinking about all the buildup for yourself and being ready to join this team and then to have that happen? Yeah, it was uh, it was devastating because it's your dream. Just uh, going through the process of uh, getting drafted and a team taking a chance on you and you're just so excited and then something like that ha happens. But uh, I, I don't question it. I don't question this journey. I just keep on. Uh, keep going step by step and just keep looking forward to the next stage is getting better and better every single day. Well, the next stage is so far looking like you're getting some first team reps. You're working a lot with those guys, especially on the outside linebacker position. Uh, what has that been like for you moving up to that level and the expectations that look like are there for you right now? Yeah, it's been going great. Been playing a little outside linebacker in the base packages. So uh, it's uh, heavier personnel, so getting my hands dirty. I like uh, being around the line. It's, uh, it's teaching me a lot of new tricks. So I'm enjoying it very much. And uh, being able to have the confidence from the coaches to be able to run with the one so far has been great for me. I just uh, don't want to let anybody down. Just keep getting better and better and better. And uh, just versatile in my, my skill set and other positions as well. And just keep learning and learning and learning and getting better. You and Javen White uh, are kind of coming up together, it seems like, uh, with as far as reps are. So what's it like working with him as well? And you both are kind of sharing the, the same kind of journey of, you know, working on this team and those linebacker spots and being kind of the uh, up and coming guys, if you will. It's great. He's, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, it's J-Baby is what I call him. And um, we have a good time. We get to uh, bounce ideas off of each other, get to lean on each other. Whenever there's um, there's problems through practice, we get to uh, just communicate, have trust in him. It's uh, it's awesome. Uh, he's one of a kind dude. How about Richard Smith? What's it like so far uh, having him as the linebackers coach? What kind of uh, presence does he have uh, with you all and how he works with you? He's a no nonsense guy. He uh, he's he's very demanding and he he knows he knows his game. He's been around for thirty plus years in the NFL. And he knows exactly what it looks like, and he knows exactly what he wants, and um, he's not going to accept anything less than that. So you got to bring it every single day. You got to bring the fire. You got to bring the energy. Because if you don't, he's going to he's going to uh, sniff you out. You know, he, he's he's about it. So uh, you just got to bring your best every single day, or he's not he's not going to be happy. And Gus Bradley, of course, uh, I think we've talked about him before, but I just wanted to ask you here at this moment, since you've got some more time in. What's it like uh, working with Gus Bradley and what's your relationship like with him? It's awesome. He, he gives us a lot of good um, in our meetings. He does a lot of good things, just teaching us life lessons and uh, keeping a positive attitude. I have a whole notebook filled of, of all the things he tells us. I just try to keep them and look back at them. And it just gives you um, a sense of pride from where he's come from and uh, how he's trying to build this this culture 
And that's what really what it's all about. He just always getting better every single day and uh, just being in the right mindset. That's what he really brings to the table. What's one of the things that you have in the notebook? Uh, he's got the five P's. So you got like peace, poise, uh, pride, and a few others. And uh, I look at those every single day because it's, it's really just brings it back down to one day at a time. And if you can check those off within your day, it's, uh, it's the five P's to individual performance. And it'll, uh, it'll pretty much make you a better player. You know, if you can continue just to tell yourself that everything's going to be all right, you just got to keep getting better and better and better every single day. You know, Tom Cable spoke here today to the media. And so this kind of put this in my head. He said that the SEC gets guys more ready than any other conference that's around. <laughs> and, <good game. laughs> yeah, so I wanted to know what, what your thoughts are on that, being a Clemson guy and all. Uh, I mean, he can <laughs> – he's obviously got his bias. They just uh, drafted an <laughs> SEC guy. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, you can look at the – you can look at the last couple of years. We've beat a lot of SEC teams. I don't really know if it matters where you come from. Uh, we got a lot of guys from a lot of different areas and uh, a lot of different teams, a lot of different divisions. So, uh, you know, I don't know if I back him on that one. <laughs> Uh, do you see like the brotherhood still with all the Clemson guys? And then you see the Alabama guys, like what's, what's that? Like the, you know, you have these two, uh, you know, big teams here and a lot of the players have really come out of those programs. Yeah. We got, we got what, three, uh, Alabama linebackers. And I know yeah. BJ was a previous Alabama before he transferred. Cause he's from North Carolina. I kept yeah. up with him when he was at freedom high school from both in North Carolina. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good cohesion. You got you got guys that have played at the top levels in college football, and uh, it's only going to build your team and make it better because you, once you get to that championship caliber, it, you know what it takes and you know what it looks like and you know what it don't. So it's just a good blend of everything. And um, I get to see John, Clee, Trayvon, Hunter every day, and I get to say hey to them. I mean, that's just like uh, it's unlike anything else. Yeah, you you can only dream of stuff like that. As somebody who kind of looked from the outside in last year and then now you're, like I said, getting more in, um, involved, obviously, uh, what have you noticed to be the biggest change of this defense cultural, I mean, with culture and everything with the changeovers on coaches? I think there's just a shift in, uh, in juice. And when I say juice, it's just like the attitude and the energy, whether it's meetings, whether it's practice, there's just a little bit of uptick from uh, last year. And you can really sense that out in the practice field as well. The energy is unlike anything uh, from last year. And it's uh, really exciting to see guys flying around, having fun and uh, just being ball hawks. And I think that's what we got. And hopefully we'll be able to translate that on Sundays. Speaking of that, so what are you looking forward to most about Allegiant Stadium, the first preseason game, the possibility of all the fans being there? What is that gonna be like for you? Uh, I'm just super excited. It's in the city uh, to see the. I always think of like the little cup in the ends or in the in the back end of it where it gets to open up into the city. I'm, I'm just excited to see the fans there. It's gonna be rocking. I know um, some people was telling me about the the soccer game the other day, a couple of weeks ago. It was just roaring loud. So I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to see uh, Raider Nation fill up that stadium and just being able to put on a show for them. What's it going to mean for you to have that first opportunity to kind of dig your knuckles into that turf and be on that field? It's a dream, and uh, I'm just ready to, I'm just ready to take take hold of it and run with it. Um, just being able to perform on Sundays is what I've what I've been doing 
and trying to get to all my life. So here I am, and it's time for me to, to take that opportunity. A couple more, just uh, what goals have you set for yourself this season? I just want to be the best player that I can be. Um, I want to be able to make a difference, whether it's special teams, whether it's defense, um, just try to be, you know, just the best player I can be. I, I can set goals through the league, but I just don't think that's as, as valuable for me this year. I think just being my best will be good enough. Awesome. And so we can expect the return of the special teams for daddy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's all I got for you today, Tanner. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Before I wrap things up here, I want to drop off with my takeaways, and it includes sound from Gerald McCoy. I spoke earlier with uh, Levi Damien about Gerald McCoy, and now I want you all to be able to hear about that infectious personality that we were talking about. And it starts off with a question about his number. Will he wear 93? After all, his Twitter handle is Geraldini93. Will he be able to get that number, though? Right now, it currently belongs to Kendall Vickers, and poor Kendall Vickers has already had to switch off his number from 91 because Yannick Ngakwe came in. That's his number. Uh, so he, they managed out, worked that one out. Yannick Ngakwe is now 91. Kendall Vickers went to 93. Now they got Gerald McCoy. So <laughs> Kendall Vickers <laughs> going through it. But, you know, the assumption is, is as the roster cuts are made, the team will whittle down. If Kendall Vickers still is on the roster, then they'll just work something out. But here's uh, Gerald McCoy talking about it. That's a part of being a leader, man. You don't just come in and snatch up somebody's number. Like, let some numbers become available first. Like, Frank, I could be 61 in preseason. Oh, but Monday night football. Yes. McCoy also spoke about what a pro is and what a professional is. And I wanted to drop this cut in here because it was something that Levi and I spoke about. So I wanted to make sure that y'all got to hear what we heard when Gerald McCoy spoke about the difference between a professional and a pro. I believe that uh, this team is going to catch a lot of people off guard. And there's a lot of talent in this locker room. And um, defensively, you know, uh, what I can bring is just my leadership and experience. More than just uh, what I can do on the grass, what I can do, um, you know, on the side while guys are learning in the meeting rooms, outside of the building. Just teaching guys how to be pros. I always believe there's a difference in being a professional and a pro. When you get drafted, or whether you don't get drafted, um, undrafted, free agent, whatever, once you sign a contract in the NFL, you're a professional. It doesn't make you a pro. Being a pro is how you approach every day, how you prepare, how you watch film, what do you do when times get tough on the field, what are you eating, you know, how are you learning how to be successful in this league? That's what... I believe is being a pro and not all professionals know how to be pros. So my experience, I can help a lot of the young guys and even some of the experienced guys teach them how to really be a pro more than just a professional football player. That'll do it for the takeaways edition of the Vegas nation podcast. Again, I'd love to thank my guest Tanner Muse for coming on as well as Levi Damian from USA today. And if you want to hit subscribe, wherever you're listening, this podcast airs every Wednesday. Fresh episodes, new interviews every Wednesday. It'll drop. So thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Keep up with all our Raiders coverage on VegasNation.com and follow me on Twitter at Heidi Fang. That's it for me. I'll be back next week.